Hi, I'm Trevor Cochran, and this is The Garden Gurus Live, a weekly show where I'll share seasonal gardening advice, feature a variety of gardeners from all across Australia, and give listeners the opportunity to interact and ask your garden questions. To join the chat live and ask your gardening questions, all you need to do is like our Facebook page and tune in. This program is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Scott's Performance Naturals. Scott's Performance Naturals is the 100% natural and sustainable way to grow and feed your garden. Backed by years of research and developed by scientists, the technology employed enhances natural processes, allowing extra strong growth. The Performance Naturals range contains organic materials such as Nature-N, blood and bone, seaweed, biostimulants, manure and feather meal to improve the soil and encourage microbial and earthworm activity. To find out more about the Scott's Performance Naturals range, head to lovethegarden.com.au. Well, welcome to The Garden Gurus Live. This is our 50th episode. We can't believe it. And since then, people have fallen in love with this concept. It's all about getting your garden questions answered. And we're really happy to be able to do this each week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hello, good morning. Welcome to The Garden Gurus Live. I'm Trevor Cochran. It's great to be back with you. It's the beginning of a whole new week. Here in WA, it is absolutely glorious at the moment. Um, The weather is magnificent. I'm hoping that you're starting to experience some of that spring weather wherever you are in this beautiful country of ours. And for everybody who at the moment is in lockdown, maybe we can give you some inspiration today to get out and get into the garden. Um, It really has been a big challenge for many of us. And uh, there's nothing better than getting out and, you know, taking your shoes off and walking in that grass and feeling Mother Nature at her very best. Now, we've got a great program packed full of really good stories for you today. We're going to meet a couple of people. We'll catch up with my good mate, David Van Berkel, a bit later on in the show. Um, Look, we have done so many stories with uh, Garden Express with great plants. Every time we talk about them, they disappear. David's got some more uh, later on today, really seasonal. And we'll catch up with a really good friend of mine, Digby Grounds. Now, Digby is uh, the head breeder, the senior plant breeder at Kings Park and Botanic Gardens. And uh, that is a spectacular place to visit at the moment if you're here in WA and you're visiting WA and lucky enough to be able to do so, then you need to put it on your schedule. It's got uh, a, a huge number of spectacular West Australian wildflowers at their absolute best at the moment. So um, what we'll be looking to do is uh, chat to Digby about that and his breeding program. So as I said, he's a senior plant breeder. He's doing some pretty incredible things. One of the things that I did on the weekend was I harvested a whole bunch of fruit. Um, This was one of them. And then I I collected all the rest. Um, I'll talk about these a bit later on. You've got to have a look and try and tell me what they are. And and the other one was that I picked the last of my oranges, which is very different. And I did notice as I was doing it that all of my citrus are just starting to go into bud or going into flower. So there's some things you need to do. We'll talk about that a bit later on because um, what you do now makes a massive difference to the crop that you get next year. And there's something that you do need to do that will really get them off to the best possible start. And, of course, uh, I did say I mentioned this, um, plant of the week. I'll talk about these a bit later on. In the meantime, tell us, tell us what that is. If you can, if you growing it yourself, if you know what it is, if you know how good they are for you, 
Um, they are really remarkable. So make sure you send us a comment and let us know. Now, I will answer all of your questions as we go through today. And as we go, we will pick some winners of some Fothergill Seeds and we'll have a book. I'll find a book for you and we'll give that away as well. I've got a few odd um, a few odd fruit and veg that I will share with you. The goal today is to answer your questions, as I mentioned before. Please tell us where you're from. If you're from Adelaide, it's fantastic. But if you're outside of uh, Adelaide and uh, you're in a different area, then you need to let me know because it may affect the answer that I give you on the question you raise. Also, um, there's other parts, there's other places in the country that uh, at the moment we're seeing very, very different weather conditions. So if you're in the north, make sure you say far north Queensland or the Northern Territory or wherever you are. So please let us know the city or the suburb or the town that you're in. Uh, and please share this with your friends. Hit the like button and we'll see, uh, we'll see what uh, your friends are doing as well because it'll share everything both ways and give them a chance to participate. Leonie is in Adelaide. Good morning to you, Leonie. Speaking of Adelaide, any suggestions for retaining water in hanging baskets? A friend suggested nappies. Leonie, absolutely not nappies, all right, because the polymer that's used to absorb moisture in that is not something you want uh, getting into your plants. There are water absorbency polymers that you can use. Um, there is there's rock mineral, so zeolite is a good good example of a good rock mineral that you could use inside the the potting mix to help retain it. But there's also specialised potting mixes that are very heavily sort of uh, uh, they they lean heavily towards things like um, cocoa peat, which is highly retention uh, has a high retention of moisture. So hopefully that helps. Um, definitely not natural. Elizabeth, we're not sure where you're from, Elizabeth. This is why it's important you do let us know. But your question I can answer. Um, my citrus is starting to bud. Can I repot it now? If you repot it now, you might risk um, it dropping its flower and its fruit. But that's also going to happen as the fruit starts to develop. So if ever you're going to do it, I would do it now. Do not damage the roots. Be very gentle with it and you should be fine. And how's that? Speaking of citrus, does anybody know what that is? Now, it's not one of these. Um, I picked a whole heap of lemons as well last week. But do you know what that is? Look at it. It's as big as my head. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely delicious. Tends to from tropical kind of more warmer climate environments. Will grow very well in places like New South Wales, Sydney, further north, and uh, certainly in Perth, um, fresh out of my garden. I only had one on the tree. I'm sure we've got a few questions coming up about that uh, might relate to, to this. But tell me, do you know what it is? It's huge. Look at that. It's amazing. All right. Uh, let's keep rolling on. Uh, Shirley's on the Gold Coast. Hello, Shirley. Is it too late to trim my gardenias? No, it's not too late to trim them. Um, and if it's a light trim, fantastic. But you are coming into the budding period. So if you cut back too hard, you will affect your flowering. Irene, we're not sure where you're from. Does white pepper work on scrub turkeys? I have got no idea. I've never treated uh, scrub turkeys before. Um, I would suspect, I, I know that um, chili definitely has done in the past, but I couldn't tell you about white pepper as far as the deterrent goes. Garlic may be something else that you might want to try, albeit I did tell you previously about a friend of mine who was trying to get rid of... Uh, kangaroos from eating the buds off their roses 
and uh, sprayed um, sprayed garlic and uh, and chili, and for a little while it worked, and then later on the kangaroos actually got a taste for it. So they would actually hang around the house waiting for you to come out with the garlic and the chili. So be careful, use it sparingly. Now, um, here we go. Eve from Jandicott, my Thompson pink grapefruit is only a metre high and produced five fruit last year. It's covered in numerous buds now. Should I thin the buds or leave the tree to drop them by themselves? So the tree will naturally drop them. But the best thing you could possibly do is actually pick all the fruit off because what it'll do is it'll direct all the energy into growth and the tree will grow and double in its size, which means next year it'll be able to handle that fruit um, and support it properly a lot better. Um, that's very similar to what this is. This isn't a Thompson's pink grapefruit, but it's a tropical grapefruit. They're called pomelo and um, magnificent, a little bit too bitter for my liking as such, but um, very, very good, can be used exceptionally well in a whole bunch of things, including cocktails, I was told just recently. So maybe something to think about. Pomelo, pomelo, beautiful, and it's a type of grapefruit. and It's got a very, very strong grapefruity smell to it as well. Julia is in Melbourne. Hello, Julia. I've got little green bugs eating my lily pilly. Um, that's probably shield beetles. There's a lot of them out there, and they tend to do uh, that sort of that green shield beetle tends to do a lot of damage to the new growth as it's emerging. Um, there are some bug sprays that you can get from your local garden centre or jump online to Garden Express. I think they might be able to help out. Um, there's two things that you need to do. One is you need to treat the existing ones and then you need to put a deterrent up there so they don't come back. And um, garlic is a really good one for, for the bugs. Um, for whatever reason, beetles do not like uh, the garlic, so it tends to keep them off. So garlic spray, and you can either make it up yourself or you can buy it um, pre-mixed as well. Kelly is in Collie. Kelly and Collie. Hello, Kelly. Um, do you prune seed heads from lemongrass to promote new growth? Uh, if you do prune the seed heads from the lemongrass, it will encourage it to to keep um, producing more more stems, more from the clump. So uh, it's a good way to go if it's not thick enough. Um, please, if you are enjoying what we're doing here with this session, hit the like it really does help. We're, we're certainly getting lots and lots of your friends starting to join us. But the more you like those sorts of things, uh, the, 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 these particular questions and answers, um, the, the more it's shared with your friends and, and the better it is for all of us. Now, Rick from YouTube has asked to see the fruit of the week again. Can I please hold it up? I'm going to show you this is the back and that is the bottom. So this is the fruit. Can you tell us what it is, Rick? I reckon, Rick, I might ask Digby, Digby Grounds because I reckon Digby might know what it is. Hello, Digby. How are you going? Oh, we've got uh, you've yep, got your um, microphone on mute. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, good. There night. we are. Yeah, good morning. Nice to see you. And uh, yeah, very good morning. It is a good morning here. Do you know what that, you know what no that one is, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna have to wait. You have to wait. It looks it's, um, uh, it's, interesting. Would be the comment I'd make about that. Yeah, it, it's totally interesting. A little bit different to the kind of fruit that you're used to dealing with. Tell me a little bit about Kings Park and what's happening at the moment. Oh, well, it's our festival at the moment, so there's heaps going on. It started on the 1st of uh, this month and it's going right through to the end of the month. Um, yep. The flowers, particularly the annuals, are looking unbelievable and the, the garden beds are fantastic. Our hort, uh, horticultural team and our botanic garden team have done an amazing job to bring this display. 
Um, so yeah, come along. It's a you know even during the week, it's a beautiful day to day. Come early. It's uh, it gets pretty packed uh, here in Kings Park, yep. particularly on the weekends. So if you can find time during the week, certainly come along and and see the the spectacle. Also, lots of events going on. Uh, you know, live music on the weekends. There's great things happening in uh, aspects in the the shop. Um, yep. We've got you know artists uh, in there that'll talk through their um, art with you. There's uh, just so much going on that it's almost <laughs> hard to think about. We had our plant sale actually this weekend, the Friends of Kings Park's plant sale, yeah. uh, and that was just uh, packed and and uh, really well attended. I think they pretty well sold out of of every plant they had. So you know, people That's are loving good. Australian plants at the moment. Yeah, and and those uh, the funds that are raised from that go towards assisting with the breeding program, do they? Yeah, some of them do. Uh, they go back uh, to a whole range of different things in Kings Park, but yeah, certainly some of them uh, help the breeding program out, which is you know fantastic uh, for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the moment. Recently, we just featured on the Garden Gurus the Baronias. And uh, and two of the the forms that have really made a, a big difference to um, people's gardens with their release this year, and one of them is yeah. in flower in my garden at the moment, magenta stars. It's just the the fragrance is intoxicating at present. Yeah, look, it's been a really great variety, and it's just that all over flowering, which people are not necessarily used yeah. to with peronies. So they often flower from the base up, but that particular plant, the terminal flag, and you're right about the fragrance, and it's not the classic, um, you know, mega stigma, the brown baronia fragrance. Brown. It's got a bit more lightness uh, and some sort of sweetness to it. So really amazing plant. Um, the other one, Plum Bells, also ha has a fragrance, a bit more like the mega stigma, um, yes. and a bit hardier plant, and that's coming in a bit later. But we've got a number of hybrids you know, in the system still. And so, you know, keep an eye out for the Kings Park baronias coming through in the in the next year, two, three years, because there's some really good ones. Now, we did a story together last year, I think it was, um, and uh, at the time, it was about this time of the year, and at the time it was, uh, we were in one of the glass houses with some of the kangaroo uh, paw breeding that you were doing, and uh, there were some amazing kangaroo paws. How's that program going? Uh, well, this will uh, probably wow. <laughs> show you uh, a lot of how Look it's at going. That. So in this uh, bunch of anagazanthus, we've got pretty much every colour of the rainbow. There's blues, purples, magenta, red, orange, yellow. Um, I don't have the white, but we do have a white coming through, and we also have plants that have got black in them as well. Um, so I can't wow. actually think of a colour that we don't have now. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. And you're right, you're, when you walk into a glass house and you see something like this, it's it's just gobsmacking. And, you know, they're colours that don't occur in nature, uh, some of them. Yes. Um, so so, so you tell, know, me, tell me, you've yep, been breeding, you've been this ongoing breeding process for a period of time to to keep focusing on getting, you know, truer forms, truer colours in each of those different colour ranges. Yeah, how how long has it yeah. taken you to get there? Uh, well, we started the program uh, in 2007. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's uh, 
what my maths, 14 years, 14 years, yep. which is actually for a breeding program really fast. And the interesting thing is we actually started out trying to breed disease tolerance in. So that was our main and number one focus. Um, and we've yep. achieved that uh, to a large extent. We still get varieties that, that are not, but, but the ones that we release will be. But along yep. the way, when we were doing that, all these just amazing colours and colour combinations were coming through. And so now our focus is on fixing those colours and colour combinations. Digby, just, just for, for the viewers, how about holding, taking a few of those individual flowers out and just showing right up to the camera? Because the, I, I remember seeing the blues and the purple sort of colours and just going, I've never yeah. seen those ever before. Look so at that. Look that is, uh, yeah, so that's got blue, green and purple in it. Uh, this is similar to one that we're actually releasing uh, which will be available in retail outlets from about autumn next year um, yep. called Masquerade. Um, right. So, you know, that'll be the first blue-toned kangaroo paw that's been uh, available anywhere. Um, like this one here has got some creamish and purple and, and pink tones to it. Yeah. Um, I've just got so many. This one's, um, you know, orange and purple. Uh, similar to one that we've got out at the moment called Royale. Um, this one's got emerald green uh, and purple tones to it. Um, what have I got here? <laughs> um, this one's a branched one. You can see the branching, and that's a target that we're trying to achieve in a range of colours. So that's a, yep. a pinkish mauve uh, uh, plant. There's these uh, bright yellow ones. That are really eye-catching. Um, so there's a lot of yellows available already, but we're trying to breed ones that are a bit more petite and can be used indoors as well. Um, here's a really uh, deep magenta purple one. Yeah. Uh, a few greens and other things available there. They're just amazing. So, so yeah. just, just on the on the delivery of these. So there's people tuning in from all over Australia to this. In fact, there'll be people coming in from all over the world, I think. But yeah. um, particularly those around Australia, how do people get their hands on on these varieties when they when they are released? Yeah. So we we work with um, a commercial partner, Ram Botanicals, who are a, a great breeder themselves and a and a wholesaler of kangaroo paws, and they have a global presence. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're releasing five varieties, uh, both in Australia and the US at the same time. Um, right. So they'll be available generally through retail outlets, I think from autumn next year is the target. Right. Um, so they, as you know, Trevor, uh, kangaroo paws are produced via tissue culture. And so... Yep when you start off with a single plant, to bulk those up into the numbers required to satisfy the supply chain takes a little while. And the yeah. fact that we're doing a global release means that we need, you know, at least double the numbers that we would normally take. So that's been the delay um, in when we produce the first plant to making them generally available. Um, so those first five will be available then, but over the next, you know, several years, there's a whole range of unique coloured uh, kangaroo paw is going to be available, uh, ones that are disease uh, tolerant and ones that would be even uh, more hardy uh, than the ones that we currently have. Um, but they also make fantastic container plants as well. So, you know, if you 
if you struggle to grow anagazanthus in your garden, in some places around Australia, it's, you know, it's not as easy. It is for, in, here in Perth, for instance. You yep. know, try them in a the container. They look, they look amazing. Can I ask you, um, so one of the things that um, I noticed in Europe um, is that uh, Europeans, uh, particularly the Dutch, love them as indoor pot plants. So they're using them indoors uh, predominantly yeah. and, and they've been grown in a, in a glasshouse environment over there. Um, once they're adapted to that environment, they perform pretty well indoors too, don't they? Yeah, they do. The, uh, they're, they're quite happy to grow uh, for a fair period of time in a pot indoors. The only issue with that is that because the colour is an anthocyanin, um, yeah. uh, they tend to fade in low light. But the, the interesting thing about when I have them in the glasshouse and the colours fade, you get these muted pastel colours coming through and people love them. So you actually get a single variety that has sort of two different colour forms depending where you grow it. If you grow yeah, it in the full sun, it's a, it's a brightly coloured uh, plant. If you grow it indoors or in shade... It's a muted pastel plant, and they look beautiful like that anyway. Yeah, yeah. So this this is the the thing, and I suppose the the message there is that if you're going to grow them in your garden, put them into a re- the brightest, sunniest spot you possibly can, because um, the intensity yeah. of the colours will be better. Yeah, absolutely, that's right. And uh, as much sun as you possibly can get, and the more intense the colours will be. Um, but you know. If you grow them in, in shade, they're still a really beautiful plant. But you're just not mm-hmm. going to get what's necessarily on the label, but you still get a great plant. Yeah. Well, I'll be looking forward to those in, in autumn and definitely getting some into my garden. Tell me, um, the other one that, uh, the other program that I know you've been working on was um, the Geraldton Wax. And uh, some of the, yep. the, the progress in that space has been incredible with wax flowers. Look, it absolutely has. And, you know, um, wax flower is Australia's number one export flower crop. Um, and so it's grown around the world, but it's, mm-hmm. as you know, endemic to Western Australia. So um, we're taking advantage of that and releasing uh, both cut flower and pot plants, again, globally. But because we own the intellectual property, we're able to get a return from a global market back to wow. Kings Park. Uh, and we've got plants, you know, uh, just flowered recently is a, a plant that's got uh, 30 millimetre flowers on it. Now, that's the biggest wax flower I've ever seen. Uh, it's astonishing. Millimetres. Yeah, 30 yeah. millimetres. And so, again, we're developing plants that instead of just being a, a filler as a as a uh, cut flower, they're becoming feature fillers. But they also look amazing in the garden um, as well. And we have compact varieties now that, that fit into um, modern gardens much better than the the standards that used to be grown. Yeah, and I think that's the um, that's the thing is you, you're working through natural selection here to pick varieties that have got a more naturally compact habit, and then then working and breeding those to ensure that you're you're keeping them really really tight and, and low. Yeah, look, that's right, and and you know, Trevor, we're an environmentally focused organisation, and this is probably the only environmentally focused ornamental breeding program on the planet. And so mm-hmm. we want we want plants that you know are, are resistant to pests and diseases, so people don't have to apply chemicals. We want plants that sit well in the garden. We want plants that provide habitat and food sources to local fauna uh, that use less water. So all of those plants, while being spectacular, you know they hit that mark of being environmentally responsible as well. 
Digby, you guys are doing some amazing work out there at Kings Park and certainly if uh, anybody's tuning in and they're from Western Australia, this is the time to get to Kings Park and really celebrate celebrate West Australian, um, you know, well, the the number of varieties, I'm not sure how many, whether you've done a count on how many species you've currently got that are in flower there, but it'd be huge. Well, we we cultivate about 3,000 species. Um, Yeah. But you know that's minuscule compared to the approximate twelve to fifteen thousand that's that's out there in WA. And this year with the rain, absolutely the countryside's looking incredible. So if you have the opportunity, certainly visit Kings Park. But get in your car and go for a drive because it's like yep. things you'll never see again probably. Yeah. I've, I've got uh, I've got people, um, some good friends who have been um, who have been going to. Uh, different places, um, particularly Coal Seam um, Conservation oh, yeah. Park recently, yeah. and they said that they've, they've been there for many, many years in a row, never seen the flowers as good as they are this year. It's been spectacular, apparently. Yeah, at least the best in 20 years, if not more. It's best I've ever seen. Quite incredible. Wow. That's amazing. Well, Digby, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I'm sure you've got heaps to get back to work to do, but uh, we'll keep rolling on and answering no, people's questions great. too, mate. Thanks, thanks for the for opportunity, us. Trevor. Happy to talk to you. No problem. Catch up. See you, mate. Take care. Garden Express are Australia's leading mail-order gardening service, offering a wide range of quality garden products. Each week on the Garden Gurus Live, the team at Garden Express will share a weekly offer. So make sure after today's show, you jump online and visit their website. All right, we will get into your questions because they have been building up. In fact, there's there's a heap, so I'm going to fly through them. Bam, I'm not sure where you're from, Bam, but you were just wondering if I can recommend a weed killer that's good, as good as Clean Lawn. I can't seem to source it anywhere at the moment. I think Clean Lawn may have disappeared. There are a number of selected herbicides that are out there that are very good for certain types of grasses and weeds. And um, you just need to be talking to your local garden centre. I'm not going to recommend a particular brand. Generally, those weed and feed ones take out the broadleaf weeds. And then you need some select herbicides when it comes to taking out things like winter grass, as a good example. Julie is in Rockingham. You've got a five-year-old avocado tree. It's flowered this year for the very first time. The leaves look grey and droopy. You've applied two lots of potash to the soil over the past two weeks, but it still looks very sick and it's in a large pot. I reckon that it's actually too much moisture in the pot that's causing the issue. When leaves tend to droop, it tends to be that there's um, a problem with the, with the um, oxygen, with the air in the soil, and you need to get, the, the, the um, particularly with avocados, you need to have the soil really healthy. Now, I suspect if it's, if it's not been repotted, for five years and it's been in a pot, now is the time to be looking at doing some repotting and changing that over because if it looks really sick, it's a good indication that it's really suffering and unfortunately avocados can go just like that. So you do need to act quickly. Sandy is in Victoria, got a large gum tree with black fungus on them, making a mess of your paths and gazebo. Researched and they all say spray, but these trees are 20 metres high. What I would suggest going on here, Sandy, is that you've got probably scale or you've got an insect in there um, that is uh, emitting um, a sucrosy substance we know as we know as honeydew. Um, this is spread around by ants, and then the black fungus that you're looking at is actually um, something called sooty mold, and it's not harmful on its own, but when there's too much of it, 
it can start to cause leaf drop. It can start to, to hold the tree back a fair bit. What I would recommend you do is that you treat the tree um, with not a, not a fungicide as such, but more maybe a, a control for the ants. And the simple way to do it, if you've got dry weather, is to literally put a ring around the base of each tree with talcum powder. So one big packet of talcum powder, the ants won't go up or go down anymore. They'll, it'll stop them. And uh, in the process of stopping them, that stops them moving the sooty mould around the tree and you should see it gradually clean up, uh, particularly as new foliage comes along. That is probably the, the, the best long-term solution I can put forward to you. Stephen's in tropical Queensland. Um, how fast do lemon-scented cypress grow? Um, it's quite interesting. Um, want to use them along the fence line to hide the neighbours. Okay, well, I, I'm not familiar with the one that's lemon-scented, uh, to be quite honest, but as a general comment, um, cypress will grow very, very quickly. So 10, well, maybe two to three years at the maximum is going to get them up around that sort of two to three metre mark. So once they're established, um, the key with, with all cypress is to make sure that you're planting them into a really good soil to get them growing strongly, and then they'll take off. Um, so I would do that. And, and when you do it also, give them a good water in with sea salt. Consuelo is in uh, Sydney. You've got an orange tree. It's shedding its leaves dramatically. What to do? I reckon it's an indication that things are drying out. Okay. So what you'll find is um, when we've come out of winter and we've been quite wet, once it goes dry, trees tend to actually shed any excess leaves. That'll be what's going on. It's, it's definitely a drying process. What I would suggest you do is get some mulch in around the bottom. Now, don't put it up against the trunk itself. Pull it away from the trunk, but a nice thick layer, at least 100 mil deep around the outside, um, ideally of either really good compost or alternatively a very, very good mulch. Um, that'll make a big difference. Tyson is in Victoria. What equipment do I use to pull out my weeds? There's some great weeders out there, actually. Um, the guys from Wolf Garden have got a couple of really beauty, you know, like really good ones where you can stand on them. You don't have to bend over, keep a nice straight back. But you've also got the little handheld ones as well. There's lots of options. Can I suggest you jump on the website, um, Wolf Garden? Just do, do a Google, Wolf Garden. Uh, it's, it's obviously Wolf, G-A-R-T-E-N, the German garden. So um, have a check those out, Tyson. They're pretty good. Uh, Vinette is um, in Perth. Hello. What tips do you have for potting fruit trees in potting up fruit trees in pots? Right now is a good time to be doing it as long as you're, you're gentle and careful with the tree. So really good quality potting mix is the key. Now, there's this range of potting mixes called Performance Naturals. I'm going to talk about the fertilizers in a second, but the potting mix, Performance Naturals potting mix, is a organic base, really good potting mix with regards to getting great results out of fruit trees. You can get it, I think it's in the, you'll find it in Bunning stores, um, really, really good with regards to that. And if you're thinking about uh, the next step up within the size of the tree, can I suggest to you that you look at probably at least 100 mil um, larger when your tree when your when your plant goes in than the current pot that you've got in so if you're in a if if they're in a 250 mil or 300 mil pot you want it to be in a 350 or 400 mil pot when they go up one size and that'll keep them going pretty much well for the rest of the year now performance naturals it's a good segue into it actually this is we we're just talking about citrus and we've been 
what's he talking about that? You do not get fruit this big without supporting that growth. Look at the size of that. That is enormous. That's my, I've got pretty decent sized hands. I can barely get my hand around the outside of it. It's enormous. Really good, really delicious fruit. Um, if, you, if you love grapefruit, this is a, a good one to grow at home. And just the ornamental nature of it's fantastic. But to get them that big, to get any crop going really strongly, you need to have the right blend of nutrients. And these guys, um, Scots have put in a huge amount of scientific research into developing um, fertilisers and, and also their potting mixes with the Osmocote range um, that specifically deal with the needs of a tree. For example, this has got three months slow-release fertiliser in it. It's boosted with magnesium. Magnesium, vitally important, particularly for citrus. So if you've got citrus in pots, magnesium and iron, really, really, really important. And um, this one's also got uh, a low odour manure and also seaweed in it. So the mix of different types of, of let me put that down, um, of uh, nutrients in here is quite amazing. So there's two types of nitrogen, for example. They use some wonderful organic ingredients, some that I've never, I didn't realise could be used. Feather meal, meal as a as a good example, um, really good um, source of a, of a slow release um, nitrogen, uh, really really good and improving the um, carbon content of the of the soil, which is really important to the health of your plants. Now, um, they've also got something in there called Nature N, and I don't fully understand this. This is, this is maybe one of those very special ingredients. It's taken them a long time to research. I think from what I heard, maybe five years of developing this natural nitrogen um, source, and their scientists have come up with this brilliant thing that is really exclusive to the, um, to the full evergreen range of their performance natural products. And most importantly, the nutrients release slowly over a three-month period. So when you've got the combination of those things working for your fruit, what you'll find is your tree will actually respond and grow almost instantly. Within a couple of weeks, you'll start to see a change in the look of the tree. And within probably six weeks, you're going to see a flush of new growth. And that's what you want. You want to see them growing away this time of the year. And it doesn't matter whether the trees are deciduous trees or whether they're citrus trees. And I'm showing you this one, and specifically, this is absolutely fabulous for, for citrus. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. But if you've got blueberries, if you've got raspberries, if you've got deciduous fruit and you're growing them in tubs, if you've got avocados, for example, tropical fruit, then this is the sort of um, fertiliser you will use. And the potting mix, get the same potting mix, the combination of the two, brilliant. All right, so that's the... That's the product recommendation of the week, and there's never been a better time to get out and feed your citrus. You need to do that right now because they are just producing all the flowers, as I mentioned earlier on. So I wanted to show you that right up front and talk that through. We'll keep rolling along because we've got so many questions coming in. Um, this, this is going to be our speed round, I think I'm being told. Jennifer's in Sydney. Can you tell me if it's okay to plant an ornamental flowering apricot close to the house? Will the roots harm the foundations? Shouldn't plant any tree too close to the house. Not a good idea. Um, if you've got yourself probably a metre, then I would plant on the metre perimeter and that would be as close as you would want your tree to get. Um, otherwise, don't do it. It's not worthwhile. By the way, ornamental flowering apricots, again, um, performance naturals. If you want to get good growth, it's it's 
still a it's it's ornamental, but it's still a fruit tree, and it's going to grow really well. Margaret's in Belgrave. I've got some cuttings from a beautiful tree dahlia. How do I strike? Um, do I burn them or lay them on the ground uncovered? No, you do not. You definitely you strike them quite simply by just taking those cuttings. Ideally, probably twice as thick as your finger um, is the ideal size of the cuttings, and you only want them to be about three nodes. So that's where the leaf comes out. You should have three of those. Cut them flat on the bottom node just above the base of it, so you don't want a lot of stem hanging out underneath that. You want it to be fairly close to the flat bottom of the node. And then on the top, cut it on a 45-degree angle. Make sure that the, any water that falls on the top runs off. You put three to five stems in a 150ml pot. And here's the, here's the kicker, here's the trick. If you want to get really good results, get yourself a plastic bag, one of those freezer bags, pop it over the top nice and gently, put a, after you've watered it in, put a lackey band around the outside so it's holding the moisture in there. And what you should see is for about a week to two weeks after, a lot of moisture on the inside. This is a good thing. But after that, take it off. And then what will happen is the plant will have had time to callus properly around the root system. It'll then very quickly develop roots out of the base of it. And you should find it's quite quite a quick process that within probably three to four months, you've got good growth starting to come out of the of the shoots above. So you've got four access or bud points where, where new growth is going to come from. And you should see on all of them that sort of growth come out. And then you want to break them up. Pull, pull it all apart and plant them into their own individual pots. So three to four months down the line, you should then end up with some pretty good plants. You leave them in the pots for maybe the rest of the growing season. Remember, these are a plant that does go dormant and it'll develop up and get quite, you should see it fill the pot quite well as far as the root system goes. Once it's full in the pot, plant again. So probably next year, you'll be ready to plant out in the garden if you want to do that. And you can leave them in pots too. So wonderful plants tree dahlias up to three to four meters you get them in beautiful sort of a mauve pink um you also get them in white so um it just depends on what you like but definitely um go down the path of being very careful to keep the moisture around the outside where can you get a weeping willow this is irene in sydney not a common request these days irene probably the best way to to get your hands on one is to go and take a cutting so look out for a tree and go and take a cutting because I don't think there's too many garden centres that sell them. And in certain parts of the country these days, they're actually declared a um, a weed of significance because they do get into our waterways and they compete with natural plants um, that would normally be there and tend to smother them out. Erin is in central Victoria. I want to relocate a conifer that's about four to five years old. Research says only move them when they're young. Would this be okay? Depends on how big it is, Erin. The bigger they are, the more of the root system you've got to get out. So um, pretty difficult to transplant. I'm not quite sure that you're going to be successful. You may need to write that one off if it needs to come out of the location that it's in and buy yourself a new one and put it into the new spot where you want it to be. Jenny's on the central coast of New South Wales. We are all over the country today, which is fantastic. What is the safest way to stop the king parrots from eating all of the locusts? Oh, break your heart, Jenny. Um Okay, it's pretty hard with parrots. You either have to put some netting up. You can try some deterrents. There are some spray deterrents, and most of them use things like garlic and chilli and even white pepper um, as a bit of a deterrent for the parrots. Probably probably going to have to sacrifice some fruit, but maybe, um, maybe that if you can't net them, maybe that's the way to go. 
Tyson in Melbourne, do you have some advice on growing fruit and vegetable seeds? Yes, Tyson, right at the moment, plant them out into some good seed raising mix in trays. Um, literally plant over the top of the soil, sprinkle a little bit over the top, water it in. You don't have to do any more. Uh, this is the time of the year when they will all sprout. It's just a case of keeping the moisture up to them. And within sort of probably 10 to 15 days, pretty much every type of vegetable seed is going to be um, sprouting. So you can't go wrong there. Now, we've got a fantastic episode of The Garden Gurus uh, coming up for you this weekend. Here's a handy tip for you that I'll be sharing this weekend on The Garden Gurus. When you get out and do any maintenance, make sure you go around with a line trimmer before you do the mowing. Now, the number one benefit you have is, well, as you're going around with a mower, the catcher will be taking up any of the line trimmings, meaning that when you finish, the lawn will look magnificent and clean. No extra work to do. Make sure you check it out this weekend on The Garden Gurus. Okay, hello. Well, there you go. That's um, what we've got coming up. Now, we're going to catch up with my mate, David Van Burkel, I think. Now, David, we've had um, some pretty interesting... Um, pretty interesting flowers coming through in the last few months in my garden. Um, one of the ones that I got off you a few years ago uh, were lilliums. They were they were fantastic. I'm I'm looking at our um, our collections that are up at the moment and you've got um, princess lilies coming through. Princess lilies are coming through uh, next week, Trev. I think we're releasing that collection. Uh, right. and we might be uh, on the program with that one as well. Okay. So, so tell us what this oriental lilies or a, a lilium, the flowering lilium's collection for us this week. So that's what you've got this week? Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about them. Uh, well, you have, you have flowering lilies. We've got a, a selection of uh, Asiatic lilies, uh, a, yep. a beautiful pot lily, and, of course, the uh, highly fragrant oriental lilies. So giving you a range of, uh, of beautiful cut flowers, lots of blooms on, on each of the stems, um, yep. and of course, the oriental lilies are really quite tall, getting up to about 1.8 metres uh, high, Trevor. 1.8? They're huge. Yeah, it's huge. You know, And uh, in a free-draining position in the garden, they'll just rebloom year after year. You know, it's, uh, They're a gorgeous product. Um, I love them. I've got them all over my garden. I'm particularly fond of, the, uh, of some of the doubles that we've, we've had previously. Uh, we've put an offer together for the viewers this week. Um, so I think it's 21 bulbs, nine varieties, and uh, saving 55% down to 50 bucks, Trevor. That's crazy. So hang on a second. These are the, the highly collectible. Um, so so I'm just going back to so Asiatic, they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. Orientals, absolutely gorgeous as well. And that, the, the Asiatic, they're sort of tiger lily kind of style as well, aren't they? Tiger lily style also comes in the, in the Asiatics as well. So they're yeah. a shorter stemmed. About 80 centimetres to a metre, and um, you get this sort of cluster of flowers at the top, like a real sort of uh, head crop of, uh, of blooms on each stem. So it's 21 bulbs for 50 bucks. So just a single Asiatic lily um, in, my, in my local florist is about somewhere between 9 and 12 bucks a, a flower. Really right. that much? Yeah, they're really they're really sought after. They're very very expensive, and some of the the, the cheaper ones. Um, sorry, that's the Oriental. The Asiatics are probably four or five dollars at least each a flower stem. So you look at the value in this um, twenty one bulbs for fifty dollars. Unbelievable! It's uh, yeah. it's getting towards the end of the lily season. So I think we start from about May 
with the first of the lily crops and the orientals come out a little bit later. Uh, and of course, now they're going to start to want to grow as spring sets in. So, um, yep. so good collection together. Give everyone a chance to uh, to get some before you know the growing season starts and enjoy your flowers from Christmas all the way through summer, mate. Can you talk us through some of the varieties? Yeah, we've got some uh, some really beautiful ones. Some um, blushing joys, a beautiful sort of orange bicolor uh, hot as yet. It's only gets to about sixty centimeters tall. Um, we've got a Turk's cap lily. It's just the one in a bag. It's a, a little bit more of a, of a newer variety. Um, really quite special, um, a smaller bloom that hangs down from, from over the top. Uh, we've got about five orientals, some of my favourite colours in there, a lot of bike colours with the orientals. And, of course, yeah. just that, you know, beautiful aromatic flavours. Um, and then the Asiatics. Uh, Cogolito is um, a beautiful pink one. Uh, easy Whisperer as well. So um, just some of my favourites, some of the best varieties for your garden and giving you that beautiful colour range, whites, reds, pinks, bicolours, um, and all of them will do well in pots. Of course, your Orientals, you probably need to put a stake on to stop them from blowing over in the wind, Trevor. Yeah, good advice, David. You know, this this is the thing, it's what I love about what you do and it's that you've grown up in this industry and you've, you know, your whole life's been built around this, but you grow them at home in your own garden. So you're seeing how they're performing and that's seeing this sort of signature collection of, of plants um, bit by bit appearing within your range where these are just varieties that, you, one, you love and two, you know, perform. That's It's the best guide a gardener can ever get, I reckon. Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, I'm growing more and more in love with certain plants and, and you know, there's a lot of history behind some of the plants we've got in this country, um, you know, the breeders, the developers, uh, and then some of those really old-fashioned things that are maybe coming back in vogue or, in fact, I'm trying to work on bringing back um, from the brink of, of being lost, you know, they're just in selected gardens around the place and nobody's got them available commercially anymore. So doing a little bit of work on that as well in the background, Trevor. That's fantastic, mate. There's been so many different things. I, I um, just got my delivery of begonias um, the other day. So so they've now arrived and I've put them into hanging baskets in the atrium. We've got a beautifully well-lit atrium and I can't wait as they start to burst out and grow. But this really is the time to be getting a lot of these sorts of flowering plants into the ground. And one of the benefits of liliums is that once you put the bulb in the ground, um, they continue to produce year in, year out. So you're not just getting that one flower stem this year. You've got them forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that our business focuses on is a lot more of the perennial type of products where you do get that add-on value that it just comes back year after year. And, you know, a good bit of fertiliser for your garden, as you are talking about before, you know, everything needs a little bit of, a little bit of food to, uh, to rebloom the following year. In some of the really warmer climates, the lilies like to keep growing. So it is yep. a good thing after flowering to chop the stem down. Um, but those bulbs can get, you know, really quite big, throw a few babies on the side and end up throwing a few blooms or a few stems off each of the bulbs. So I tend to leave them in my garden. Um, and if I'm using a pot, I go for a, like a, a ceramic pot, something a little bit heavier, maybe about 30 centimetres so you can get a, a group of maybe five lily bulbs in there. Beautiful, yep. beautiful lush foliage. And, um, yeah, enjoy them on your patio, in your garden. More sun's probably better for, for bigger blooms. Yep, yep. I, you know, I think think your advice with this is, particularly with the fragrant varieties, is, um, is really good, is actually grow them in pots maybe in the first year. Bring them in 
plant them up in pots, keep them in the areas where you really can enjoy them and appreciate them. Um, even, even, you know, with some of those fragrant ones, as long as, you know, as long as you enjoy it, bring the, bring them into the house. Cause, um, you know, let's face it, you know, these as cut flower stems, you're paying a fortune. Why not bring them in as living, living pot plants full of color? Absolutely. And you've still got the bulb there in the garden to give you another bloom again the next season. So, uh, so next year. yeah, yeah. And That's I just pretty, wanted to, to touch true. base, Trevor, you mentioned, uh, the, the tree dahlias before I actually got hold yep. of a, um, of an evergreen tree dahlia. Uh, from a local gardener probably about five or six years ago and we released it I think last year or the year before so it grows to about yep. a meter and a half with a plethora of pink blooms on it but the the plant is always green it does have a bit of a, a dormant um, time um, but there's wow. always foliage on it and the blooming is for about six or seven months it's amazing is that, is that in your catalog at the moment uh, it's it's online I think uh, this week just getting the nod from Rowan saying we've, we just started to put them online. So Right. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, um, could you put, put me down for one? Because it's got one of my favourite plants. If it only gets to about a metre and a half in height, it's spectacular. That'll be incredible. It's a bit more shrub-like because the, uh, the, the tree dahlias, they do, they get to that three, four metre and, um, yep. yeah, you can't reach the blooms to, to give them a bit of a smell. But, um, but yep. yeah, these are terrific. Yeah, it's the downside. I've got the white one at home. Um, I previously have grown the that sort of purpley mauve one before, um, but they do get too tall. Um, it, it's a it's a highlight as far as autumn flowering goes because that's when they flower in my garden in my part of the world. Um, but um, it, it's if I could get one that was more compact and you could just literally be honest at eye level and appreciate it, it would be the ideal scenario. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beauty. The blooms are a little bit smaller, but um, what do you call it, Dave? Dwarf dark pink evergreen tree dahlia. Okay, all right. Yep. Well, I'm going to have a look at that that on your um, on your website. And uh, are you growing that in your own garden? Uh, I've got a few of them in my own garden. We, we grow them here on the nursery, of course. So uh, yep. I'm enjoying them every other day. Um, and at, at one stage, we had a uh, a double of the uh, of the pink. We've lost that one to the world somewhere, Trevor. But a double of the oh. pink and a single of the white. So I actually had a, a range of four tree dahlias at one stage. Um, wow. It's amazing how these things can come and go, and that's what I'm saying about um, you know trying to revive some of these good old favourites. Yeah, so if there's somebody out there got that double in their garden that they must have got off you years ago, um, maybe give you a call. You might be able to work something out. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> Very good, mate. Look, thanks so much for joining us again. I just want to go back and just repeat that offer because it's pretty incredible. There's nine varieties, 21 bulbs, and only $50, it's it's $113 in retail value and you've dropped it down to 50 bucks. That's an incredible deal on some of the most beautiful flowers you'll ever get your hands on, folks. And I know like all of these things, there's always going to be limited stock. So it's first in, first serve. David, to, to get that, you just got to go online to gunexpress.com.au. Exactly, and there's a uh, there's a banner flashing across the screen that's got the Guru's collection on it uh, for the next couple of days. So hopefully, uh, if you're getting quick, you'll you'll be able to secure yourself one. Yeah, terrific. Well, look, it's it's such a good deal. That's one that um, one of my favourite plants. It's certainly one that would be brilliant to um, to be putting into the garden now. If you want colour, if you want fragrance, hard to beat lilies. They are gorgeous. David, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Trevor. Good talking to you all. You too, mate. That's great. Now, just remember, Garden Express, what makes them so unique is that they deliver 
everything to your doorstep. So you go online, you shop, which is pretty handy in some places where we can't get around at the moment and go to the garden centre. You can do it online right now after the show maybe, place your order, get David and the team to deliver them and probably in a couple of weeks' time they'll turn up and get out into the garden and add some beautiful colour. And these special offers that these guys do each week for us, some of those deals are amazing like this one here. Visit the Garden Guru's online store and browse through a collection of high-quality, German-made wolf garden tools. You'll also find a range of books with information to help create and maintain a beautiful garden. You can also access the online store on the Garden Guru's Facebook page. Okay, now we do, I've been watching the, the number of um, questions flowing through. Please keep sending us your questions. Make sure you tell us where you're from. We're getting a lot of questions coming out of Sydney, Perth, and Victoria currently love to hear some from some more people in Tassie in South Australia, maybe even in the north in Queensland and, and the Northern Territory. Now, I wanted to talk to you about my plant of the week, but I, I'm going to mix it up a bit today. I'm going to be what you could say is a little controversial because I'm going to suggest that there are three plants that for your own personal health, you must be planting in your garden now. Let me start with this one. You'll know this, that is a Chinese cabbage. Now it's the family that's really important, okay? So cabbage family, which there's all the bok choys and, and uh, pak choy and all those Asian vegetables, but, but some of the more important ones, things like kale, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, all of these are rich in plant hormones or plant chemicals that are exceptionally good for our bodies. In fact, research has said that with about 100 grams, 60 to 100 grams in our diet each day of plants from this family, which are known as the crucifer family, um, it reduces our risk of stomach-based cancers dramatically. So we should be thinking about adding them every single day, small amounts. And this is men, women, Everybody should be looking at these. So please look at trying to find a way to introduce them into your diet on a regular basis. There's enough variety in this family to deliver you lots of different types of flavors and, and tastes, but most important is that they are so rich in antioxidants and these very beneficial plant um, chemicals that we need to make sure we're ingesting them and including them a lot more. This is another one that's really important. You'll know these. In fact, you'll know those, obviously, that they're, they're trust tomatoes. And here's some, these are heirloom varieties of tomatoes, so you can have a look and see. They're just beautiful. And look at the colours. They look fantastic. These are incredibly important for men. Now, the red colour in tomatoes is a substance called lycopene. And lycopene has been found to be incredibly beneficial for prostate health and more men die of prostate cancer than women die of breast cancer or pretty much just about any other cancer. So we need to be thinking, gentlemen, about increasing our diet. Now, research has found that increasing this in your diet to just one fruit per day about this size um, reduces your risk of prostate disease dramatically, and we're talking 70 to 80%. So we all need to be trying to eat more of these. And if you um, struggle with it, then you probably need to, I don't know, need to toughen up a bit because it really is important for your personal health, most importantly for the health, um, for your health, for your family around the outside of you. One of the interesting things about this is there's many different ways that you can enjoy tomatoes and fresh tomatoes are sensational and now's the time to be planting them in your garden. But 
you can also obviously preserve them. So whether they're dried or whether they have been turned into a sauce, doesn't matter. You don't lose the goodness or the benefits of the lycopene. It's one of the few fruit that when it's cooked, um, it doesn't lose its caloric value or its, its nutritional benefits. Um, this is one that actually gets more intense if you actually go through that process. So tomatoes need to go into the garden. Don't want to go on about it too much, but very important. And ladies, we talked about this previously on this show, but the the red or the darker coloured apples, um, it's now been proven that they are one of the most important things that you can have to reduce uh, hypertension. So heart disease kills too many of us in this country. And the research carried out by the Royal Perth Hospital um, Institute found that these darker or these darker skinned apples um, are so much better for us because, again, of some of those plant chemicals that are in there. Um, so these flavonoids are known to basically calm us down, to reduce blood pressure, to reduce hypertension, and as a consequence, dramatically reduce heart disease. So one, two, three, cabbage, apples, tomatoes, now's the time to be planting them. So they're my main ones. And look, I wanted to mention this, speaking of one other fruit that is a little bit on the different side, this is a tropical fruit. It's called custard apple. They come from the Rolinia family of fruit, which originate pretty much from the tropics in South America, most of them. Custard apples and many of the other Rolinias, um, and there's soursop and there's a few other different types, um, the flesh on the inside is, oh, and it gets its name, um, custard apple, because it's its texture is a little bit custody in its in its nature when they're ripe. Um, I've just picked probably 50 or 60 of these off my tree yesterday, and I'll be sharing them in and around with the staff here. There are some there are some plant chemicals that sit inside this fruit that are known to be real cancer fighters. Really, really important in keeping your cellular health. Um, as good as it can be. Now's the time to be harvesting and, and eating them. And if you're not going to grow the tree yourself, you're going to be paying around about five or six dollars per fruit. It's pretty expensive. But if you grow a tree, a tree's going to cost you probably around that $50 mark, I would think. If you grow a tree, you're going to end up in a situation where you've got all this delicious um, fruit coming on board. You can share it with friends, you can share it with family. Um, I don't want, to, don't want to rave on about it too much, but these things are very important. And if you can grow your own at home, it really does make a big difference to your overall health and can save you, well, a lot of money along the way. We're in the home run. This is the last lot of questions I'm going to answer this week on the show. Um, let's have a bit of a look. We're coming from all over the country now, like Alicia in Sydney. She's planted a lemon tree about eight months ago, hasn't grown since you planted it, which is quite problematic, I would think, um, it suggests that you probably need to be giving it food because it should be flushing new growth at the moment, um, but it is all green. So I don't know that you need to prune it. You need to feed it. Alicia, now's the time to do it. And as we talked about before, Performance Naturals, that is probably the type of fertiliser you want to get your hands on. All right, because it's got the right mix of beneficial nutrients. You can see them on the bottom of the bag. Um, really, really good stuff. I think you're going to find that in your local Bunnings store, just as a general guide. Wilma, in Perth, you've got two young plums, the Santa Rosa, which is in full bloom, but the Satsuma is still bare. They're supposed to cross-pollinate. Do the flowers wait? Yeah, you should have the Satsuma in flower probably next week, I would think. Um, 
they generally would actually cross over quite well and they do work as a, as a cross-pollinator. The cherry plum is always the universal one because it flowers for the longest period of time so it can, can actually fertilise all of them. But the fruit itself is a little bit on the ordinary side. Satsuma and Santa Rosa are two of the best eating plums you'll get. So just be patient. It'll be fine, Wilma. There is a thing in the in the metropolitan area of pretty much every every major city now um, in Australia where there are enough fruit trees, apples, those ones that require cross-pollinating pears, um, nashis and plums where there's enough that bees doing their work in around the neighbourhood travel, you know, around about five kilometres from the hive and they'll go from one tree to another tree and they'll carry that pollen. Even if you haven't got a tree in your yard, they'll probably be pollinating somebody else's tree with the blooms that are currently coming from the Santa Rosa um, Leanne is in Doreen in Victoria. Can a waratah stay in a pot? It depends on how big the pot is, um, Leanne. I would suggest that you get yourself a, a, a nice large pot, and the answer is probably yes. In fact, it's probably going to do really, really well in that environment. Um, waratahs are an interesting plant because they require um, microbes in soil. In fact, they require a type of fungus in the soil for them to really grow and do exceptionally well in a home garden environment. So um, inoculating that in the early stages is an important part. But once you've got it in a pot, um, you're controlling it quite well. The only downside to it is make sure that it's not too hot a location. So if you can give them kind of that um, morning sun, afternoon protection, filtered light, perfect situation. Joanne's in Orange in New South Wales, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It is a gorgeous part of the world and amazing for its food scene. Um, you'd like to prune a potosporum hedge by half. Would this be too much to take off? Um, it depends on how much growth is on the bottom. Basically, as long as you've got some good growth on the bottom half of it, the answer is yes, you can be quite brutal. Be prepared that if you cut it back hard, it'll grow back hard. So it's going to send up a lot of shoots and um, you'll need to be ready to prune it again as soon as they start to appear. Keng is in Perth. I've got a red kangaroo paw still in its tube. Can I grow it in premium potting mix? Absolutely, Keng. Um, a really good all-round premium potting mix will do the job and um, it'll look fantastic. Give it, you know, Don't underestimate the size of the root system of the red kangaroo paws. They've got quite a good root system. Um, so give it a, a fairly reasonable size um, Give it a fairly reasonable size um, pot. Now, look, I'm pretty excited by this one. Trish is in northern Queensland. Trish has got a driveway full of pomelo trees and the sheep love them. Unfortunately, they're too sour for most humans. I'm wondering if I could graft the trees with oranges. They are very bitter. It's a really strong, grapefruity sort of flavour. And um, look, I've heard different stories about how to, to best um, enjoy them. Maybe you guys have got some tips that you'd like to share. Um, we could share with Trish. Trish, you can graft those trees. So you can cut them back and graft uh, some new, new wood. So you do side grafts on these ones. Um, and put in some oranges or something else that you enjoy more. Um, it's a bit unfortunate you don't like them. <laughs> I love it. Now, look, um, we've run out of time. I can't believe it. Um, we do have a lot of questions still flowing through. Susan Robinson, um, that's a gala. Uh, sorry, that that is a um, Bravo apple. It's a beautiful dark colour. The trick with the apples, and I'll go back to it again, is the darker the skin, the, the better it is for you. Just a little reminder. We've got so many things coming through. Thanks so much for all of your questions today. Um, we've really, uh, we've run out of time, unfortunately, but we will be back next week. Now, 
um, let's have a bit of a look. Uh, Lockie's going to send off um, some packet seeds to our winners. He'll notify you who you are. Don't forget the Garden Gurus is on air. We are playing at 2.30 across New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland Saturdays at the moment and 4.30pm in uh, WANTSA. Best thing to do if you're not sure is check your local guides as to where it is being played. Channel 9 at the moment, but it is on Channel 9 right across the country. You can catch up on past episodes on 9now.com.au. And remember, we were running this amazing $20,000 garden makeover competition. Now, this isn't a, a normal garden. This is an edible garden. We want you to tell us how this will transform your life. It's a really important um, prize. If you love growing edible plants at home, this could change your life forever. And we've done this once or twice in the last 20 years. This is the latest time. It is your chance to get on board. All you have to do is visit our Facebook page and, um, and enter there. Um, if you want any more information about gardening generally, our website's an amazing resource. It's thegardengurus.tv. Or if you want to watch past episodes or even stories from, uh, from shows that we've done in the past, our YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, it's easy for you to tune in, but anybody else, you just got to jump on YouTube and type in thegardengurus.tv. And of course, this is all going to be converted into a podcast. So you can listen to it later on on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Audible. They all carry our podcast. Join us next Monday. We've got another great session of the Garden Gurus Live coming your way. We've got a couple of special guests coming in next week that you'll just love who have got a really interesting take on gardening here in Australia. Make sure you tune in. It is 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's 10 a.m. Western Standard Time. I hope you guys have a lovely week. Um, you've got uh, all of our love, all of our inspiration, all of our thoughts coming your way. Thanks to my team here for producing this today. And I look forward to seeing you again real soon. I'm Trevor Cochran. Happy gardening. The Garden Gurus is back this weekend. Make sure you check out your local TV guide for your local times.